0: So, ages ago, back in episode 16, I discussed propaganda, the history of it, and so on. Then, back in episode 5, I talked about freedom and the idea of free will. Now, go back and feel free to check them out. In this episode, somewhat related, I want to spend a few minutes talking about free press, or the idea of a free press stroke media. Keep in mind my philosophical bias that I don't think anyone is generally free in the traditional sense of the word. We are more a product of our circumstance and our environment. So neither you or I are truly ever free. We are all bound by something, be it laws, gods, morals, others, whatever you like. But we do have this rather interesting narrative called freedom of the press or the free press. The idea. That in an unfree world, we have freedom in the media. And by the way, when I say the word we here, I mean the collective West. Outside the collective West, the idea of a free anything, in particular a free press, is considered an oddity. How can, of course, anything, especially a media, be free? If I'm Iranian, Russian, or even Chinese, I know that the powers that be would have influence and some control on the narrative that I see coming into me, and it depends on what that narrative is. And based on that narrative, I can choose to ignore, consume, or take a pinch of salt. So, there are some ill-built cultural norms about what we are being fed. At least so when it comes down to many non-Western systems, people somewhat know what is BS. And I said this many times before in previous episodes. If the media, the government, the military, and the politicians agree without any question, the chances are you need to consider that information with a fistful of salt. However, unlike China, or to be honest, even Brazil or India, Western societies are brought up on a diet of freedom. Political, social, economic freedom. And importantly, underpinning all freedom is the notion of a free press or a free media. Most citizens in the collective West believe the myth of the free press, the idea that you can say and report on anything and everything, the idea that you can say anything and everything, the idea that if you say it, write it, or whatever, you are not going to get silenced or thrown into jail. Indeed, in the U.S., it's in the Constitution And as a leader of what the United States see as the free world, aka the collective West, and the main proxies of Japan and South Korea, the idea is then exported and enshrined in some of these overseas possessions. Indeed, there is a history of free press. Now, for example, if you look back in time, there was ample criticism in the Guardian newspaper against the government's invasion of Iraq. Same for the Independent newspaper. You had journalists. In those papers who reported on how the sanctions had hit Iraq, for example, on domestic matters, a press is often critical of big companies, government officials and powerful politicians. On the surface, there are enough carrots for the average consumer to be led to think that there is a free press. For instance, just try being as critical of President Xi Jinping inside China as people were of President Trump Trump. Inside the United States, it's almost unthinkable. Yet, it is that very semblance of freedom that can be used when needed. It is my humble belief that most people are sheep. Worldwide education systems are mostly indoctrination camps designed to keep the masses in line. The media in most countries is the master's program to keep you fed so that you don't overthrow your government. And most of the time, it works. Our jobs as plebs is to shut up, pay tax, and get the job done. Oh, and appropriate and stay focused on reality television, mobile phones, and retirement savings. We worry about jobs, interest rates, and stock markets. What we fail to recognize while we are so busy doing other stuff is that the free press is the background noise. And that background noise is the free press telling us something. Something we need to fundamentally internalize. Of course, this happens everywhere, all over the world. But you see, in Western countries, the free press must, must work so much harder to convince, and I emphasize the con in convince, convince you of the truth, a particular truth. You see, my episode on propaganda tells you that a press has never been fully free. And free will is nonsense. There is absolutely no reason to assume that you are told and that telling is fact. No, it could be a big fat lie that you assume to be the truth. But most people do take it as truth and they do so in droves. And most concerningly, they do so in such vast quantities that they can help shape future government policy. You can ask yourself, If you are switching between CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, or something else like Al Jazeera or absolutely anything, are you really gaining some new information? Or are they all pulling from the same sources? Are they all the same reporters just moving around into different companies? Are they all full of spies? You have to wonder where everything comes from. I want to break it to you. Life is far too short for our five minds and we are far too thick to understand when we are being led and when we have any independent thought. It gets murky. Lack of free will is simply the way of the world. Don't worry about it. Just know it. Independent critical thought is something you and I can actually make real. Now, if you're North Korean or Iranian or Egyptian, Even Mexican or Indian or Russian, you are likely far too cynical of everything to trust what's coming at you in the media. But if you're Western, then you believe your ecosystem. You tend to, or at least the majority of you do. Now, I could and should be accused of hypocrisy here as well. Podcasting was invented in the United States. The platform I used, Acast, is Swedish. And the language I speak is English. It's all Western stuff. And importantly, no one is taking me out. That said, what if I was not a nobody on the internet and instead I was a somebody? What if I had a bigger platform, one that could not be silenced? And what if that platform actually said something that was publicly counter to the collective narrative of the regime? What if I was Julian Assange? Now, you would be correct in thinking that here is one guy out of many covering, say, a period of many decades of free press history. After all, the media did report on Nixon and Watergate and on the American invasion and occupation of Vietnam and so on and so forth. But what we don't know from the pre-social media era is how reliable were those Western media reports and did we miss anything? From a big picture perspective, No one in the free press ever questioned the Cold War, for example. That the communists were bloodthirsty evil was the narrative. No one questioned supporting the Taliban against the Soviets. No one seriously questions the efficacy of experimental medications developed for a pandemic. Today, no one in the Western press questions the NATO war against Russia in Ukraine. The reason was that there was always and always will be investigative journalists. Yet, each time something is broken, the ecosystem or regime would very intelligently and cleverly restructure and regroup. If the Vietnam War was unpopular in the US in the 1960s and 1970s, then the government's 1990 Iraq invasion was very popular. How? Because they figured out a way to fight the war without a draft. And how? To control the media. It was a near-perfect and beautifully executed machine with the regime mouthpiece CNN reporting live before even the first Western troops reached the Kuwaiti shore. And that's just the reporting. What isn't being reported? I did an episode back in episode number 22 on the 50-year war on drugs. It's 51 years now here in late 2022, by the way. And the U.S. is involved in this massive war run by this obscure government agency called the DEA or the Drug Enforcement Administration. Most of this war is in Central America. But who cares? No one. There has been an over 50 years embargo and sanctions program on Cuba. There was a U.S.-led regime change operation against Venezuela and Turkey. And just so you social justice warriors understand, it was Obama's regime that tried to overthrow Modaro in Venezuela and Erdogan in Turkey. Nowhere in the West cares because simple lack of reporting, lack of interest maybe, but also lack of reporting. You didn't drum up the interest. Now, it's also because of lack of reporting, Western audiences never knew what was happening in Eastern and Southern Ukraine that ultimately led to Russia's invasion in 2022. It was lack of reporting that led to this sudden shock moment in 2022 when Western audiences suddenly woke up to a Russian incursion. People started waving Ukrainian flags all over Western Europe and Eastern Europe and North America and Australia and New Zealand, and the mass NATO intervention and alarmingly open support for throwing nukes at St. Petersburg and Moscow became real. It was lack of reporting. But beyond lack of reporting is also selective reporting. Now, of course, you can't report on absolutely everything that's going on in the world. But Joe Biden blowing up an innocent Afghan family in 2021 was pretty much washed over because Putin, who is a naughty boy and is killing innocent civilians in Ukraine, was much, much more important than that. It's called selective reporting. It's another way of control. But the biggest trend in the West, and it was always there, but hidden under journalism, the biggest trend is offering options as fact. And the sad moment where the consumer believes that the opinion and not just option is the fact. Now, once you dismiss alternatives, say you flip from CNN to BBC, when you end up in that site or that channel or that newspaper or whatever you're looking at, The narrative is given by different people. So you think that it's two different individuals, but it's really the same source. But what's even more concerning, and this is the problem, is that the speaker or the writer is giving an opinion and you are assuming that as fact. And that's when you, the audience, become the sheep. As I've alluded to before, Western media, and especially foreign correspondents, can often be on MI5, MI6, CIA payroll. We know this because so many foreign governments ultimately uncovered this, somewhat tolerating it occasionally, but otherwise getting rid of some of these people. Domestically, it is now way more profound than internationally. In fact, the international stuff and foreign correspondents and MI5 and CIA, it's just Business as usual, it's been going on for decades. Domestically, that's the question that needs to be answered. To me, the come-to-Jesus moment was when I was a kid and saw the unfolding 1983 Falklands War. And a disclaimer here, yes, I'm old. Even back then, I did understand that the islands that were in the South Atlantic were occupied or owned by the United Kingdom, while Argentina had claim to it. The Argentinians unilaterally decided to militarily take it over. The British government at the time went to war and retook the islands. The UK press were all pro getting the islands back. And of course, in the context of everything, that makes a lot of sense given the shock of the actual invasion. But I did realize that there was no opposition to that reoccupation of the islands. The media themselves were kind of okay with it, and they adhered to Cold War norms. It all looked odd, but then again, those days, what was I to know? Just seven years later, in the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, my fears were reinforced. Then it was reinforced again in the second Gulf War. I will admit that I was swept away in the hoo-ha of the Afghanistan invasion. Though I do now look back at it and wish I had questioned that one too. I reckon that the media in the collective West used to use the 20-50-30 rule. That's 20% domestic regime misinformation, 50% blah, blah, 30% independent journalism. And that also depends on the circumstances. In more recent years, i.e. since probably the 2020 COVID pandemic, or I would say probably even the 1990 U.S. invasion of Iraq, I would say it's moved to the 30-60-10 rule. That's 30% domestic regime misinformation, 60% blah, blah, and 10% independent journalism. I have worried for a while now, that you have to really search hard for truly independent thinkers in Western journalism. Often, they are thrown to the fringe, fired from mainstream sources or labeled extremists or drivers of foreign misinformation. Slowly, and I hope surely, Westerners will come to the realization, as I did back in 1983, that what they see and hear is not the truth, the whole truth, so help us, dear God. I will go back to Wikileaks and Julian Assange, but first I want to highlight one very important domestic narrative that has been used as fact. That Trump was a Russian agent and that he was a dangerous Nazi. This was against the elected US president and the way the media owned and manipulated the narrative must give pause to all Westerners. That if the elected representative goes against the regime, there are consequences. Ask Trump. Ask JFK. Ask Robert Kennedy. These days, in the early 2020s, control of things like, say, Sky News or even the Daily Mail comments section, the Twitter, Botverse and YouTube, it's all in the hands of liberal elite-based U.S. institutions. Everything you and I see in the Western world is owned and controlled. If your country is poor and does not have an independent intranet like, say, Russia or China, then you are also at the liberty of the US ecosystem. If you are English-speaking, then you are part of the same ecosystem. The options are not great for non aligned countries. you could pick America, China, Russia, or build your own server and infrastructure you may as well go with one of the others and that may as well be the United States. The flag bearer of Western hypocrisy and Western lies about free press is in the way the WikiLeaks case has been handled by Western regimes and the free press itself. Yes, there are voices who question the treatment of Assange, the most prominent of being Tucker Carlson of the US. But who else is actually challenging the mainstream narrative? You may not know this guy. You don't need to know him. You may not like the guy. You don't need to like him. All you need to understand about Assange is that he's an Australian citizen in a UK prison, top security, wanted for espionage in the US. For a while, he was wanted for, and now draw, sex case in Sweden. So the Swedes were up on it too, just like the Australians, the British, and the Americans. How is this one bloke such a danger to the Western ecosystem? What did he do? Well, he published leaked documents telling the world about what horrible things the US had done in its regime change wars. In essence, he did what investigative journalists should be doing. Who's after him, though? Well, the people who made a successful career out of regime change wars in the West are those that are after him. Again. For you righteous warriors out there, the U.S. of the Obama era was the U.S. administration to go solely and violently after a in the first place. So publishing something is now a crime in the West when we're brought up on a diet of it not being a crime. The collective West will go after you. This makes the Western media the same as the Chinese media and the Russian media, except that most Chinese and Russians people know fact from lies to outright fiction. Westerners brought up on a diet of freedom and free press fall into line, hook, line, and sinker, as they say in America. Assange is being made an example of, an example so profound and extreme that even if he were to walk free, he would likely be hunted down and taken out. If you're an independent thinking journalist, you better not question the liberal world order, or you'll end up like a science. The United Nations 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights states, and I am air quoting, everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media regardless of frontiers. End quote. Of course, that's a load of baloney. Who really believes North Koreans have that freedom? But if Julian Assange is being made an example of, then the Western media is tainted, and all of us need to use caution and independent thought to keep moving things along. No one should be in any doubt that just because a nobody like me can get away with anything I want to say doesn't mean a thing. You can get away with something at a dinner party or a Facebook post, but that doesn't mean freedom of the press. We don't shape narratives. In the West, the idea of any movement from the mainstream right, the mainstream left, or what I call the liberal agenda, is detrimental to a career for any independent journalist. History tells us that there has never been a free press. Never will be a free press because there's no such thing as a free meal or a free anything or even a free will. To assume that one has a fully free press is short sighted. And let me close with one example Reporters Without Borders. Reporters Without Borders was founded in Paris in 1985. It's still based in Paris. It has 13 regional and national offices, including Brussels, London, Washington, Berlin, with token offices in Rio, Taipei, and Dakar, and a network of around hundred forty-five, hundred forty-six correspondents. It employs 57 salaried staff in Paris and around the world. Do you seriously think this isn't an office crawling with spies? Anyway, the idea is, well, I'll read out what they say on their website, and I'm air quoting, Reporters Without Borders defends the right of every human being to have access to free and reliable information. This right is essential to know, understand, form an opinion, and take action on vital issues in full awareness, both individually and collectively. Our mission, act for the freedom, pluralism, and independence of journalism and defend those who embody these ideas. Our mandate is is in the spirit of Article 19 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and of the major declarations and charters relating to journalistic ethics, notably the Munich Declaration of the Duties of Rights of Journalists. Reporters Without Borders applies the following principles. Mutual respect and dialogue. Non-discrimination. A collective work spirit. Concern for professional and personal accomplishment. The right to alert respect for the environment. Transparency of decision-making, processes and accounts, refusal of corruption and conflicts of interest. We define our strategic objectives completely independently and do not accept any financial skills or in-kind donations that could influence our strategic and operational choices, end quote from their website. So they are a non-governmental organization who claim oversight of the press in general. The most interesting thing about them, though, is that they publish the freedom of the press index. If you look at the 2022 map, the entire West, plus a few token countries in Africa and Argentina, are either classed as satisfactory or excellent in press freedom. Everyone else has problematic, difficult, or very serious issues. This amplifies exactly what I've stated. It is an instrument by the liberal elite in the West to promote the illusion of press freedom for the Westerners, and lack thereof for the rest. Somehow, somewhere, Reporters Without Borders doesn't see Australia, Sweden, the US, and UK as not being up to their eyeballs in trying to crucify Julian Assange. To be totally fair to them, though, they do reckon Italy and parts of Eastern Europe are problematic, so they are throwing some under the bus anyway. I don't fall for it. Listeners understand this. No such thing as a free press. You are fed lies, half-truths and treats. Remember the 30 60 rule. 30% domestic regime information. 60% blah blah. 10% independent journalism. Do your own research into topics and read up. Know the history. If all I did was to have just one of you question the narrative of your country's media. And I mean any country and any media, Western and non-Western. I have accomplished something in this episode. It is not that you should not watch, read, or listen to it. It is just that you should know that someone has an agenda and you, personally, are the target. Life is far too short, and it is way too short to be hoodwinked so effortlessly. And with that, I'll leave you with this thought. Do not get hoodwinked. Don't be the product. Anyway, until the next episode, catch you then. Bye.